This morning, as you know, we're doing a series on the Ten Commandments. And some people look at the Ten Commandments and go, Ten Commandments, I mean, like, that's really old, isn't it? Yeah, it is old. It's really old. And, but it's one of those oldie but goodies. It's a wonderful passage. And we are less, we're, we're working at this morning, as we're in the passage we're going to be working about, it has all to do about names. The name. The name is going to be very important in this passage. So keep that in mind and that the idea of the name is going to be crucial in what you're doing. And you know, all of us, everybody in this room, obviously has got a name. From the youngest one to the oldest have a name. Names are important to us. When we had our first son, Martin was born. I mean, we went through a whole lot of what should the name be, and we settled on Martin Ladre Anderson from my grand grandfather, who was a wonderful man who loved Christ and worked with the Salvation Army and worked with the broken and the, you know, it was just a wonderful man. So it was something that we thought it was important and we talked about it and how thankful we were and the name is important. But names are important but names can get strange by the way. Sometimes we think it particularly when we come to people uh, for like who are you know well known they can come up with some of the strangest names. Here's just a couple of them. Uh, Nicholas Cage named his son Kael, which I don't think has any meaning other than the fact that it has something to do with Superman. Anybody want to tell us what Kael is about? Yes, what is it? David. The what? Voice of God. That's the Hebrew part. I'm walking about the sound. Uh, yeah, maybe. Jason Lee. Uh, I don't know. He's another famous guy, I'm told. He named his son Pilate. I hope it's not Pontius Pilate. That would be bad, but it's Pilate. Bob Gedolf, he named his daughter <clears throat> Fifi Trixie Bell. Can you imagine that, like the first year at school? Hi, my name's Bob. My name's Susie. My name is Fifi Trixie Bell. It's like, oh, what a poor child. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, named, they named their baby Apple. Maybe the reason is they get it free now at the Apple store, I guess. But everybody's got names, but names can often be really, really strange. And what we're going to be talking about is this whole thing about name. Because the whole passage we're looking at this morning is dealing with the issue about not any name, but the name. The name, the name that God has that we have that is so important to us. What we're doing today, we're going to be working on the Ten Commandments. We're working on commandment number three. Commandment number three is very clear that you are not going to do what's bad or in against the name of the Lord. We're going to be talking about that because this is an important thing. Because it's saying names are important to us. If I said, David, your name is David, but I'm going to call you Frederick. Hope you like it, Frederick. You think, no, that's not fair, because that's not my name. Names matter to us, and it really matters to God. And that is why this is significant to us, because it's saying everybody has a name, and that name has something that has some kind of distinguishing thing about us. And so we're going to be looking at this in this passage we're looking at. Last week, if you were with us, we were looking at number two, Exodus number two. It was, do not make an idol for yourself. If you remember it last week, if you were here, it was saying, it's important that we don't make idols. People say, who makes idols anymore? I mean, they haven't been doing that for 2,000 years. Well, actually, that still does happen around the world. But in general, that's not necessarily when we're talking about the fact that the idols, 
John Calvin, if you remember last time we were here last week, he made the point all of us are idol makers. We make idols of our idols of ourselves that we kind of worship and look upon as that's important to us. And so number two was do not make an idol for yourself. The Lord will not put up with that. And so what we have this week when he says don't do that, don't make an idol, it comes up to this one to commandment number three. And it's the one right here. Do not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Okay, we're talking about God here. We're talking about the creator. We're talking about the one who brought life into this world. And it's saying, you don't mess with that. It doesn't actually say mess with that, but you know the point. Okay? Do not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Now notice this. It's one of the few ones in the Ten Commandments that has a thing with it that says, be careful, and here's why. Because the Lord will not leave anyone unpunished who misuses his name. Whoa. Whoa, think about that. Do not misuse the name of the Lord your God because the Lord will not leave unpunished anyone who misuses his name. Your name is important to you. My name is important to me. God's name is really important to God, and he's not going to mess with it. He's not going to think that that's just okay. And so when we're talking about the name here, this is a very significant part in the Ten Commandments that we're talking about. And so we're going to look at this passage a little bit together. We talk about the Ten Commandments. We're working on number three right here. The importance of the name is so significant, as we just mentioned. For example, I don't know who this couple is. I just got one. They're new from the hospital, okay? Here's a couple. I imagine that they thought a lot about the name of that baby. Think about that. You know, some people, they'll buy a book. Now, I want to know, how many of you who are parents bought a baby book that had names in it? Oh, a lot of them did, all right? And you spent time going through. How about Hezekiah? Yeah, maybe not, you know? You're going through all these different names. What's interesting, and you've probably seen this, you've got to be careful if maybe you're the one that did it, is the baby is born and you still don't have a name because you and your husband or your husband and wife, you haven't maybe been able to come up with a name. We have some good friends that we know here that went almost two weeks before they finally settled on a name, okay? That's how important names are to people. And so it's saying, you got to be really careful what you do here. So whoever this couple is, I'm sure they're happy, they're rejoicing, and I'm certainly by this point, they've got a new name for that baby, and I'm sure that's good. But the name of the Lord is so distinct, so different, so away from us when we think about it, when we talk about the reality of who God is. So look at this passage, if you would, the name of the Lord, which is so significant. We've talked about this before. Last week we talked about the word, the four words, the four, really the four letters, Y-H-W-H. It has must something, something like Yahweh is what we talk about. But what's interesting here is when we talk about that word Yahweh, it is important for us because the name of the Lord is so important. The word we have it, we, we actually, one of the good things I like about this is the fact that we don't know fully exactly what God's name is like. That there's, there's something that's still distinct from him, from us, this broken people, this sinful people. But the closer we can get is something like YHWH, we have the word Yahweh. It has that idea of the four letters. That's where you get the word tetragrammaton, treta, tetra, four, grama, writing. And that's where you get it from. The idea of saying 
This is the one that we speak of as being the God of the universe, the God that we worship. And so that word Yahweh, often we put it with this another phrase, it goes back to when God said, I am what I am, that famous time where God was with his people. So what should we tell him? Tell him, I am. Tell him that the I am has spoken. And so here it's talking about the fact that God's name, whether you want to call it Yahweh, Jehovah, whatever the one you want to do, it's all coming back to the idea of the distinction of who God is and reverence for the God who is our creator. Reverence for the God who is our creator. This is something that many people would argue, or would not argue, but would say is disappearing even in evangelical realms here in our country. That sense of awe of coming in the presence of God and recognizing that we have got the privilege to have the name of God, to be able to say, I am here, I am here, Yahweh, to hear what you would want me to say. So this passage is very important, what's going on. And let me just give you three examples of where the word name, the word name is put important parts in the, in the scriptures, in the Old Testament particularly. Psalm 8, here's a very famous psalm that many of you have memorized before. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. In all the earth, your name is out there. Oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name. And all your name is there. Your name is to be honored. It is for us to come to him to give praise of the name that God has for us. Another one going from Psalm 8. Another passage. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and they are protected. Again, the name of Yahweh. It's important. It's important to God. It's important to us. That whole idea of names matter, and the one that matters the most is the name of God. And so his point is, he's saying all this keeps coming back to the fact, the name. How important that name is. The name of Yahweh is a strong tower. It's like a picture you see a lot in the Old Testament about having that strong tower. The righteous run to it. Bad people are coming. They go into that righteous place where they're protected. So the name of Yahweh is a strong tower. Righteous, uh, righteous run into it, and they're protected. One more. Uh, this is from Jeremiah chapter 50. He's talking about how God has been working with his people. He says, their redeemer, God's people, their redeemer is strong. Yahweh opposes his name. He will fervently plead their case. We can respect him, not just respect him, but come to him for power, for grace, for strength. To see God at work in us, their Redeemer strong. Yahweh of hosts is his name. He will fervently plead their case. Three experiences, three times of talking about that idea of the power of the name in our lives and why that matters to God. The name of the Lord today. Now here's what gets right down to the issues of our modern day. How do we respond to the Lord who is the name? How do we respond to God in his holiness, in his separateness, in the way that he is a holy God who's distinct from sin while we are people of sinners? How do we live that in a culture today that is really, really struggling? And over the years, some people have tried different ways to try to help other people, to try to be more reverent about the name of God. Obviously, in churches, over generations, people have done that. 
In our generation, it's a lot more difficult. Back in World War II and the war was going, a lot of the sailors and soldiers, well, you can kind of get what that'd be like after you've been working in the Army for a while or the Navy. He had a lot of bad words that were being used. And so this guy decided he wanted to try to take it on to stop the, you know, the bad words that they were saying, the sailors and the soldiers. The guy's name, by the way, was Arthur Colborne. His goal was wiping out swearing in America with a thousand or a million guys coming out of the military. Good luck. He said, well, we're not just the bad ones. We want to use the, not just the garden variety ones, but he said, let's use, get rid of these words like gee whiz and doggone it, dead burn it. You know, if only America today was using those three words, we'd be in great shape. But that's not the reality. It's interesting, even today among Christians, and particularly you know, young Christians, they, have, they see no problem walking by and go, oh, Jesus Christ. And you go, excuse me? Excuse me? I, I, I'm sorry. I guess I misunderstood you. I thought you said you're a Christian. I, I thought as a Christian, the name of God mattered. It doesn't seem like it matters as much as it used to matter anymore. But notice what's going on here. It's saying the name of the Lord is something that we reverence. Now, you know, I think that guy had good motives. I thought maybe he was going to do all he could for the Lord to get people to stop cussing and cursing. I don't think it went very far. It was a failed attempt, but at least he was trying. And so when we look at this and think, say, okay, what can we do to help people to be aware who call themselves Christians, as most of us in this room are, when we're dealing with words like that that are so casually thrown out there in our culture with people that we talk to? Uh, it's a serious issue. And it's something we need to be dealing with. People just so, oh, Jesus Christ, they just, it's like, really? Yeah. You're a Christian, right? You realize who we're talking about? We're talking about Jesus, the one who died on the cross so you could have freedom in Christ, right? Yeah, that's the one. The one who is Christ, the anointed one, the one that God chose to be the one to bring redemption to this world. That's the one you're going to, and you're using God's name as, well, oh, just a throwaway, yeah, just, Christ says, what? Excuse me? Is that okay with you? It shouldn't be. My daughter was telling us how in college you hear a lot of things like, uh, you know, that person says they're a Christian, but you can't know it by hearing the words they're saying, the phrases that they're saying. And it's saying it is important. It is something that we need to wear. You know, interesting, back in Dallas Seminary days when I was in school, and I can't even remember this guy's name, he was very concerned about all the cussing and cursing and all the Jesus this and Jesus that stuff. Here's what he used to do. It's on the screen. If somebody said, oh, Jesus, you know what? He said, oh, so you know him too? And he's a pretty good, oh, no, no, no. That, that, that's, that, that's not what I was saying. You know, not, that's not what I meant. I, I mean, uh, well, well oh, what were you talking about? I'm not sure if that's really a good way to do it. But he was very bold about it. I wish I could remember his name. Anyways, he would, they'd say, and he'd say, oh, so you know him too? That's great. Do you want to worship him together? And they go, here's another nutcase who's walking down the street. I'm not sure that's going to be a great one that's going to work in our country. But what about us as individuals? It's so easy for us picking up, you know, whether at work, where we, where we are with people, to start picking up the way that they speak. 
It just kind of goes with it. It just flows with us. And before you know it, we're saying things that we should never be saying when we're talking about the one who is the king, the one who is our Lord, the one who's our redeemer, the one who is our savior. And so he, was, he used to go back and say, oh, so you know him too? I don't think that's going to work particularly. Here's a couple different ways where we talk about this when we talk about the, the name of the Lord being important. One of these things is not as maybe significant as it is now, but it was huge in the time when all this was taking place, when the Ten Commandments were being made. It was the, it was the issue of oaths. You know, when you were, you know, back in those old times, the time of noses, you know, you couldn't take a picture of somebody doing something bad. You know, you couldn't, there's nothing you could do about that, but you had to depend on the fact that you could depend on what that person said. If they said, I want to borrow your oxen for a week and I'll bring it back, and you could say, okay, but I need that oxen back in a week, it's like saying, I promise you that I can, I promise you, I'm going to have that ox back here. You can count on me. And you'll say, I'll take an oath. I swear by such and such that that will be there. You can count on it. And that oath was a huge issue back there. It still is today, but not like the way it was then. It's saying, you can count on me and how that's significant. In the ancient world, that was a big thing to do. And so the issue of oath is still important today. Let me give you an illustration, I think. My brother and I, it seems to me, spent most of our life fighting. Most of the time, it was good fighting. Like, we've just fought for the fun of it. You know, we would keep going until someone was either crying or bleeding. Um, and my sister was just, you know, got, would go up in the other room. She didn't want to hear it anymore. So we were going on, and we were playing, and he kicked me, and I kicked him, and he walked by, and I tripped him. And as I tripped him, I hit the lamp, and the lamp hit the floor. And the, you know what hit the floor after that when I did that? It was a big mess. And then my mom came home. And then it came to this question, who broke the lamp? Well, obviously, Bobby did it. Because I was such a good kid, I would never do something like that. Bobby said that I did it. And so somebody's lying about this. And so I can't remember when I said it or how I said it. But when I said, I didn't break the lamp, I swear to God. And my mother went, what did you say? For one thing, we didn't use that phrase in our family. The other thing was, as I think about it and look at it, that's not the most important part about the lamp. It's the part about saying, I swear to God, what you're doing, it's connecting your lie with God. It's like lying. It's like saying that lie is being connected with God. Do you want to be associated with that in lying to something that God said? That's one of the ways where we talk about this and is important with us. Uh, Martin Luther put it this way. He said, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. And he puts that little question, what does that mean? Notice what he said here. We should fear and love God so that we do not curse, swear, practice witchcraft. I don't think we have to worry about that one right now. Uh, I don't, but witchcraft, to lie or deceive by his name. Now notice, but call upon him in every trouble. Pray, praise and give him thanks. It's a great little statement he made. It's called the Shorter Catechism that he wrote, talking about the fact of how this is important. And so here's what I want you to think about. What do you say? What are the words that you do? What do you do with friends? What do you do with the guy who sits next to you at work, who sits and cusses like an old sailor, 
what would be your way to respond? Is, should you respond? In what way should you respond? What would be the right way to do that? What would be a way that doesn't push the person away from you? But lets them know that something means really important to you. And what's really important to you is the name of the Lord. And when you hear people using terms like that, is there anything wrong? Or maybe we're not, bra we're not, we're not people who have enough faith and we're not bold enough to say, you know what, I keep hearing you using th this word and this JC word and, it, you know, it really hurts me. Like if you'd said that about my name or if you said that about your daughter's name, that hurts me. Well, it hurts me when I hear you going, oh, Jesus Christ, really? That, that, that's painful to me. And I think there must be ways we can do that without coming out looking like an idiot and ways that we can do that which says, you know what, I'm not going to make a big deal of this, but you know what, that name that you just mentioned, the name of Jesus, means a lot to me. And it would really, I would really appreciate it if you would help me not by not saying that around me. I don't think there's anything wrong in that. Maybe because we're afraid to say something. What if they just blow us off and think that we're an idiot? Okay, if that's the worst thing that happens to it, is that going to be okay? These passages that we're just talking about are saying the name really does count. The name of the Lord is what values God, what's important for him. And it's saying you will honor that name. You will reverence that name, the name of the Lord, the name of Jesus, the name of Yahweh, whatever term. It all means the same thing. It's all talking about the God that we worship. He's saying that is a God that is worthy of our worship, worthy of our being kind with other people. Say, you know what? I prefer, wish you would not have to use that term around me without becoming Mr. So-and-so, but saying, you know what? That name means a lot to me. Just like your name means a lot to you, that name of Jesus means to me. And I'd encourage you, probably this week, next week, somebody's going to say that name or that term right around you. And the question you're going to have to do is real quickly is, do you say anything? Maybe there's times that you don't. Maybe the guy said it four times already that week, and you say, you know, Fred, I hope this is not a big thing for you, but it really hurts me when I hear you saying that phrase again and again. Would, 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 would you mind, just for my sake, of not doing that? It may be that person come back and say, oh, I, I didn't realize I was offending you. I said, well, it is, and, and I'd be happy to talk about it more if you'd like to, but I just want you to understand, just like your, your, your spouse whom you really love, that's important to you. Well, this is important to me. This is important to me to know that this is my savior. And when you just use it in a manner that's just like it doesn't matter, it does matter. And it matters to the Lord. So here's your thing. This week, next week, if you hear that, if you hear somebody saying that around you, stop for a moment and think what would be the right thing to do at this point. It may be don't do anything because you're not in the right place where you can do that. But maybe there's something you can say you know, that, that, that bothers me when I hear you say that. I'm not trying to be Mr. Goody Guy. I'm just telling you what Jesus, that word Jesus has a meaning to me that maybe doesn't share to you, but it really means to me a lot and would appreciate it if you wouldn't use it. It's also a possibility for talking to a person about their faith, for us to talk about our faith. Here's why 
it does bother me. And I'd love to talk to you a little bit about why that does matter. The question is, do we have the courage to do that, to step up when that moment is there? To be able to say, I want you to know why that bothers me. And I don't want to be, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to tell you where I'm at. Because the name of the Lord means a lot to me. And it means a lot to God. Lord, we thank you for this passage. We thank you that we can be here together to be able to look at the scripture. Thank you, Lord, for the name. The name above all names. The name, Lord. The name of Jesus that is so precious to us. Help us, Father to have courage to deal with people who struggle in those other areas. Help us to be gracious. Help us to be wise. Help us to know when's the time to speak and when it's time to be quiet. But help us, Father, particularly of us who claim the name of Christ, that for us the name of the Lord would be reverenced in our life, in our church. In this we give you great praise. In Jesus' name, amen.